for details. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring CBD-infused seltzer to get happy, legal for 18 and up, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon, from one Winnipegger to another. Thank you, Neil. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we are mining the sporting news talent today, yes, are we, we not? Are. Kyle Irving is going to join us on the NBA right now. Uh, Bill Bender covers college football for the sporting news. He joins us. Bill Trenton, Ken, as always, thank you for doing this, Bill. How are things? Hey, I'm doing well, thank you. Which media days are you going to? Have you uh, got a roadmap yet as to how you're going to attack July? I'm pretty sure I'll be at Big Ten. Um, I actually has a lacrosse tournament sandwich in there that I'm going to, so I may miss one of them. But uh, Big Ten's late enough that I know that easy jump Indianapolis is going to happen. We'll see on SEC. Well, uh, Bill, uh, I knew we were, I wanted to have you on. We haven't had a college basketball, college football conversation in a while, so I went to your Twitter feed just to see what you've been up to. And, and pinned at the top was was a piece that I never read. And when I first saw it, I thought, wow, this is current. Uh, and it has to do with LeBron James' last uh, high school football game. Uh, which, which I, I read the article and it was, it was really well done. But I think it was probably the time of year that it came out, right? It was around Michigan, Ohio State. It was in the, you know, leading up to the final week of the regular season in college football. Uh, so uh, what, when you wrote the piece, when it was coming together, what were some of the things that either you didn't remember or uh, certainly as you were writing it, uh, you know, made you maybe sit back in your chair a little bit? Well, uh, you know, we did that last year and, so it's a legend around here where I'm from. So Looking Valley, a program that's like 20 minutes down the road, and it's one of those Friday night like programs like Permian or anything else, um, one of those towns that lives football, they played LeBron in the high school playoffs. And, I mean, we went back. I got the tape. I went back <laughs> and got the tape from the coach and watched it. And, I mean, LeBron was everything you would expect on a football field. And uh, the Licking Valley won the game. And, uh it was a really fun story to put together. One of those things that everybody has that story where they're like, I played against this guy. Mm-hmm. These kids 20 years later get to say, I played against LeBron James. Yeah. Pretty good one. I'll say. Pretty good one. You know, a lot of people, Bill, uh, sorry to jump in, Trent. When I, in fact, I heard it again this week that, you know, there was a question, pick a, a star in his sport that could play a different sport at a high level. And of course, LeBron James is one of those first that comes off people's lips, uh, as, as a tight end. Ohio State apparently is where he would have gone, correct? How close was he, or if at all, Bill, to pursuing football? I mean, he could have played. He was an all Ohio receiver. I mean, the, the, comparison that gets made even if it's not perfect is it's it's a little bit like randy moss in terms of randy moss played basketball and i saw randy moss play high school basketball and had he stuck with basketball he would have been a good nba player so it it works in that way is that no lebron james wouldn't have been randy moss but he would have been a very good nfl tight end or receiver um there's no way i mean with that size physicality and 
high point in the football, he would have been pretty good. But, you know, like I said, Randy Moss might not have been LeBron James playing basketball, but I think had mm. he stuck with it, yeah, he probably could have played in the NBA. Must be nice to have that kind of talent. <laughs> really? Bill Vedder from the Sporting News. Bill, uh, an announcement yesterday that, not a shock by any means, we've seen this game bounce around. We're looking forward to the beginning of the football season, but of course it ends with Army-Navy. The pageantry, the pomp and circumstance, the old-school offenses, it's it's an entertaining game for me each and every year. But they're going to be bouncing around. It'll be in Foxborough in 2023, Landover, Maryland, uh, Baltimore again, back to East Rutherford, Philadelphia. They bounce this around a little bit, but it's such an important game, so good here. What do you think is behind this, though, getting a few more cities involved with the Army-Navy game? Uh, just spreading it out a little bit. I, I always heard the games at the, and I've never been to one, sadly. I always watch that game, but always heard the ones at the old bet were fun mm-hmm. in Philly. Um, so they're getting other parts of the country involved, and I think that's kind of cool. It's a very good, it's a fun game. I know, uh, you know, I, it's one of those things, it's a tradition. It also signifies the end of the college football season, which is often depressing. But, yes. Uh, um, <laughs> You know, I love watching it. I'm glad they're getting other places involved like that. I think it'll be a good thing. Uh, Bill, who's um, as, as you've uh, started to do your homework and delve into all the preseason stuff that'll be coming out, etc., and I'm sure that's keeping you uh, very busy uh, at this particular time here in the middle of June. Have you uh, identified a, a, a team or two? Um, of course, we're in a betting market here. Some of us like to play these futures. Uh, if you got a, a team or not a sleeper to win a national championship, perhaps, but a team that might be better than some people uh, at first glance or will give them uh, credit for. I think Notre Dame's going to be really good. And obviously there's a lot of hype generated around the Ohio State game where they're two touchdown underdogs. Um And there was a back and forth with Freeman. Now, do I think they're going to win the game? Probably not. But do I think they could compete with Ohio State? Yes. With that roster, with the the talent on offense, with Ohio State breaking in a new defense. And, uh, you know, it's Notre Dame. So even if they lose that game, if you look at the back half of their schedule, if they could beat a Clemson and a USC and a – they play BYU and Vegas. That's another weird one. But – yeah, I, I think their schedule is strong enough that they could maybe make a playoff run. They're certainly not under-ranked or underrated. I just think they're a touch undervalued, if that makes sense, because nobody really mentions them as a potential playoff team. Bill, big news in your neck of the woods, and that is a car. Yes, Lloyd Carr's grandson. Yeah, how about that? Who had an offer from Michigan. They were all hands on deck, and yet... You spurned them to go to Notre Dame. We know about that rivalry. It's not a blood rivalry by any means. I think a mutual respect with both of those programs. But to see Lloyd Carr's grandson say no thanks to the winged helmets and go to Notre Dame, boy, that had to be a stinger for Harbaugh and certainly the Michigan fan base. Yeah, and um, he's also a local guy. He played in you know right in the backyard in Saline. So I think they they've got very interesting thing going on with that. Now Notre Dame. Here's the thing. Mark Freeman's recruiting awesome. You know, seven recruits they've landed since the spring game, four stars or more. And that's the big question is you always get asked, right, that can Notre Dame recruit like a national champion? And I think they can recruit at the Clemson-Oklahoma level, no question. But the three programs that recruit better than everybody else are, are who? Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Can Notre Dame with Freeman recruit like that and – 
early answer is kind of. I mean, he's got the top recruiting class going into next year. Uh, Bill, uh, Lincoln Riley seemingly is is stealing all of the headlines out in L.A., right, if there are college football headlines at this type of year. I think Chip Kelly's got to like that, right? I mean, he had a, his team put together a solid season last year that uh, seemingly all the buzz is on USC. What about UCLA? Um, yeah, I mean, they got Dorian Thompson-Robinson back mm-hmm. as, as we speak, you know, before I came on him, putting the finishing touches on our top 25 quarterbacks for next year. That's one of those other annual lists we do. Um, and DTR will be on there. And like you said, Lincoln Riley getting all the headlines. It could lead to a very fun game. That said, I mean, I don't think UCLA by any means is overachieved. They got the, the win against LSU last year, but they've been very inconsistent week to week for years now. And I think that's the big thing Chip Kelly's going to have to break through. It's crazy to me that, Dorian Thompson-Robinson's been his quarterback the entire time, and now he has him back for a fifth year. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah, uh, when he's I good, that. he can be really, really good. Hey, yep. A team that was rumored maybe to end up ultimately in the Pac-12, BYU. Didn't happen. They're going to be a Big 12 member after this final season as an independent. The schedule's difficult. Mention Notre Dame. They get them in Vegas this year. Uh, I wonder who's going to have more fans, Notre Dame or BYU. Mm. Bill, you certainly know the way they travel to Vegas for that one. But they have the second most returning production coming back this year. They won 10 games last year after losing a ton of talent the year previous. BYU, a year before they go to the Big 12, could you see maybe a an eye-opening experience here and they come in with a lot of buzz to 2023 after another good season? Well, I mean, as a and I'm a Catholic, obviously. So the like the last thing I think about when I think of a game between BYU and Notre Dame is, yeah, that one's in Vegas. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was peculiar scheduling there. But you know, it, it's good for both teams. And um, BYU's got a good quarterback in Jaron Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're surprised, like you said, Trent. They kind of their success the last couple seasons, whether it was with Zach Wilson or last year, and their ability to beat Power Five opponents. It's kind of got swept under the rug a little bit, right? Yeah. So I think they're going to be a pretty good team and maybe one of those sleeper teams as the season evolves. Uh, so since you are putting the finishing touches on that uh, top 25 quarterbacks, I mean, Big Ten's got a couple <laughs> represented for sure, right? I mean, Stroud's got to be on it. Uh, Aiden O'Connell maybe sneaks in, I would think. Who from the Big Ten? Who from the Big 12? Yeah, those are the two. Um, Aiden O'Connell... Didn't realize, but look back, man, that guy had a couple 500-yard games to end the year. Yeah, and yeah. we all know Purdue can be dangerous when they've got a quarterback that can do that. I mean, Stroud will be ranked high. Talia. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, there's another one, yeah. Talia and Cade McNamara are kind of on the fringe there, McNamara being that we don't know if he's going to win the job. And then from the Big 12 standpoint, you look at, I mean, obviously, Dylan Gabriel to me is one of the most interesting transfers. Again, under the radar, but... Since Oklahoma has a loaded supporting cast, you look at his career numbers at UCF, they're pretty good. So I think Dylan Gabriel could have a monster year for the Sooners this year. If you were making, instead of a top 25 list, a top 100 list, would Spencer Petras make the cut? <laughs> no, why are you doing that? Oh, I mean, yes. <laughs> I, yeah. He would are you sure? 100. <laughs> yes. Um, come on now. He, he won a lot of games, but... Um, it's it's hard. I mean, I'll tell you this. Like, I got 25, and I've been stressing. I texted back and forth with my editor. I'm like, I've got to leave this guy off, and then yeah. because that that 20 to say 
40. One thing that struck me, so I looked at last year's list. I had nine guys from last year's list that returned to school, and they're not on this year's list. Wow. And a lot of them Look transferred that. and things didn't work uh-huh. out. So it, it, part of it is I did a bad job, and part of it is <laughs> those guys didn't produce like they were supposed to and ended up transferring. It's a really peculiar trend. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. When will that be out, Bill? I'm guessing there will be a number of those coming out here in the uh, in the weeks ahead. What uh, what do you got planned? What have you got planned for you uh, from now until you know media days, if you will? Well, I mean, we'll have all that kind of stuff out. We've got our coaches out now. Uh, we'll have bull projections, our SNL American team, and uh, a few other things. I mean, and we, like everybody else, are kind of waiting and seeing. What Arch Manning decides, right. I mean, that's the kind of the next big piece of news that'll come out here this summer. And he's in Austin this weekend, apparently, correct? Yeah, so if, I mean, it happens this weekend, uh, I think it'll be sometime next within the next two weeks, but you know, the, it's kind of a while that Texas gets the last word there. How about that? Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thanks. Good to hear from you. Bill Bender. As uh, we catch up with our buddy from the Sporting News. Yeah, Arch Manning's in Austin mm-hmm. this weekend. Where's he going to end up? He's not there. Gonna... You think so? I do. I do. Georgia? It seems like it's uh, Georgia and Texas, seemingly. Alabama's the... still hanging around. Yeah. Did They just signed a kid. They, a five-star. And yes, they've been looking at other places, uh-huh. too. Maybe they saw the writing on the wall there. Because a lot of people think like you. It's a two-team race mm-hmm. right now. It's Georgia and Texas for services. And if he does go to Texas, will he play Iowa State? I would have said no, certainly 11 months ago. I'm leaning no. With the news that came out that the AAC schools will be here, mm-hmm. well, it's not this time next year, it's July the 1st, I sure. think. So, you know, well, about for the 2023 the season. Right. I think that speeds up the process. I do. I think it's better for both. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you go. You got to. We, we won't ask for the moon like we were last year. Not one hundred and eighty million. Yeah, a hundred. Nah, you know what? Give us, give us ninety. We're good. You got to make up the difference though, because those rights are going to change. Uh huh. Without Texas and Oklahoma, the rights that right. you're going to get from TV is going to change. So there's got to be a check. And it, it sounds like... I'd say I don't think the drop-off is going to be as bad as some feared in the beginning. Absolutely. Because I thought Bowlesby did a great job. He did. And I mean, the best job he could have. With what was out there. Uh-huh. Who did he miss? I mean, if Memphis, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's more of a basketball yeah. one. It's been an yeah. okay football part. They've right. had some good teams mm-hmm. and seasons, but maybe them, San Diego State, then you're going four time zones as right. opposed to the three that they're currently going to be. I guess that would be another one. Boise, you know, has always been long rumored. Those would be a few others, but what they did with these four, I, as I good thought, as can be. Absolutely. How about this, though? There's talk of when they, let's just take Texas and Oklahoma out of this, Oklahoma out of it, but having a protected rival. Mm-hmm. Who would Iowa State's protected rival for football be? Oh, if it was man. just one, Kansas and Kansas State are together. Right. TCU you know and Baylor are going to be together. You know, it's uh, so. What, who do they pair with West Virginia? Cincinnati. Yeah, it's going to be BYU. It's going to be BYU. It's going to be BYU, <laughs> and that's why I started to to do a little bit more BYU research. Just I thought they were going to take a huge step back last year. Mm-hmm. The schedule they played in 2020 was a joke. They had to put it together because of, obviously, right. conference-only well, the schedules. the Coastal Carolina thing came up within like a week's <laughs> yeah. notice, right? Which was awesome. It was great. That they were able to do that. Uh-huh. But you just looked at it as a whole. All right, they had a nice season with an NFL quarterback, mm-hmm. but and they lost a ton. Is he? And they won 10-2. and two. Is he? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, hope, I hope he is. I give him a shot. I hope he is. They go 10-2 and two last year. Yeah. And now they return basically everybody from that team. I think it was 88% of their defensive statistics and 91% of offense or vice versa. Just huge numbers coming back this year. And we know they got programmed that guys go on missionaries, they come back, they're mm-hmm. fully born men. They're 24, 25, right. 26 years old. They have been a very good program for a long time. And now with this, and now having... Who's Oklahoma State's? Maybe that would be the one. But then what do you do with BYU? Mm. I mean, do you make Oklahoma State and Texas Tech? Oklahoma State and Houston? And who's Central T- Florida's? That's, that's the other thing. TC, TCU and Baylor, I would think, would get together, yeah, right? I think that's an automatic too. Uh-huh. That's a huge rivalry. Mm-hmm. Two private schools. That yep. one makes a whole lot of it sense. It does. You know, he put Houston and UCF together, and then he got Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, maybe. But at least you keep the Big 8 together if you go Oklahoma State, Iowa That's State. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, we will take a timeout, come back, and, uh, well, preview game number six tonight. Uh, Boston is the C. 8 o'clock tip tonight? Is it yes. 8? Yes, yeah. Uh, 8 o'clock ABC has it. 8-12. Uh, 8-12 to be exact, right. All right, we will uh, talk game six, Golden State. Do they clinch tonight? Uh, Kyle Irving will join us from the Sporting News. We'll pick his brain on that. Miller and Condon on a Thursday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.4. Baseball Life. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circuit Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com. Victory Mounds is your ace when it comes to premium baseball and softball products and services. Utilizing our vast game and industry expertise, we sell portable pitching mounds, field equipment, and field products that we trust, use, and have used when coaching or playing. But that's not all. Victory Mounds Field Consulting Services can help you improve the quality and playability of your field. Craig Allison has years of experience in the mound business and is Victory Mounds National Sales Executive. While Mike Donahoe is in charge of field equipment and products. Visit VictoryMounds.com to see what Victory Mounds can do for you in Yorkshin.net. The Grumpy Goat Tavern provides a comfortable atmosphere with reclaimed barn wood, sleek modern finishes, and a one-of-a-kind environment that you have to see to believe. Featuring a fresh menu, friendly neighborhood service, 50 tap beers, and sports. The Grumpy Goat Tavern is the place to be for any occasion. Catch all of the games all summer long at the Grumpy Goat Tavern with two locations in West Des Moines and one on First Street in Ankeny. Grumpy Goat is more than just a restaurant. It's local. It's for you. It's your tavern. You get your podcast. Wolf Construction and Wolf Roofing are currently hiring. What makes Wolf Construction a better place to work is that when we think about developing the whole person is important, whether that person is a new carpenter labor on a job site or that person's a project accountant that works in the office. It doesn't matter who. It becomes more than just a job where a company show up to. It becomes part of the Wolf family. Competitive pay, excellent benefits, and a $1,000 sign-on bonus. Apply today at wolfconstruction.org to register. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Trent's play of the day, Circus Sports. That comes up in about 20 minutes or thereabouts as we take you up 
until just before noon. Well, Boston is the scene of game number six. That's where we'll find our next guest. Uh, he'll be in the TD Bank tonight. Uh, Kyle Irving joins us from the Sporting News. You're a California guy, aren't you, Kyle? So you went across the country for this bad boy. Well, actually, no. I'm from Boston originally. I'm ah. in California right now. So I'm actually back home. I've, I've been staying at my parents' house while uh, the finals are in Boston. Gotcha. Well, glad you're there and glad you're on site for this one. Um, I, I think we're going to see another game. I know that the, the ticket prices collapsed. You know, there are a lot of folks, a lot of Celtics fans bought tickets assuming that, well, Boston will win on Monday night and then they'll, uh, they'll uh, win the championship uh, back in front of the home crowd uh, tonight. Not going to be the case, obviously. Ticket prices collapsed. So let's go back to last Monday uh, before we take a look at tonight. What went wrong for the Celtics in your mind? Too much Andrew Wiggins? Can you... You know, I kind of pinpoint where where it uh, got off course for the Celts. I mean, how incredible has Andrew Wiggins My been gosh. for the Warriors? I can't believe, you know, it's. It, I feel like it wasn't a glaring weakness in the past because they had guys like Andre Iguodala. They had other athletes out there that kind of surrounded Steph, Clay, and Draymond who aren't, you know, the most athletic players. But, you know, the verticality and athleticism that Andrew Wiggins provided to be able to keep up with the athleticism that the Celtics have, I don't know if I would have seen that being as big of a factor as it has been in this final so far. But, you know, when you talk about what's going wrong with the Celtics, all signs point to the offense. The offense has gone completely stagnant. In the fourth quarter, everybody ran out of gas. They're turning the ball over too much. The Warriors are doing a good job creating points off turnovers. And really, to me, that's been the story of the finals. I mean, as great as Steph Curry's been, you know, we saw arguably the best performance or most impactful performance of his career in game four to keep the Warriors alive and, and tie that thing up 2-2. And, you know, even though he had one of his worst games uh, of his playoff career last game, it just didn't matter because the Celtics couldn't get anything going offensively. They're turning the ball over too much. They're getting a little too careless. The offense isn't doing anything in the fourth quarter. And obviously credit goes to the Warriors' defense as well, and, and Andrew Wiggins specifically, who has done an incredible job of containing Jason Tatum. So Jason Tatum struggled in the fourth quarter again. Uh, he has struggled inside of the three-point line in this series, shooting just 30% from that spot. When you look at his game, he looked very tired in the fourth quarter, and they had the great run in the beginning of the third. Idoko made the decision, we're going to run these guys. We're going to go them out there. We're going to play with our best. We're not going to use the bench here. In hindsight, was that a bad decision? And how much do you believe of the best bench Boston's going to need this evening to pull off a win? I think the biggest thing, so, I mean, Jason Tatum, as bad as he had been, you know, in some of the previous games, he really was the catalyst of that third quarter run that the Celtics made. But, you know, like we've seen all over and over and over again in basketball, when you get down that big and you use all that energy to make a comeback, once you finally get over the hump, and even if you take the lead like Boston did, it's tough to close out because, you you know, you expend so much energy making that comeback. And, I mean, uh, Ime Udoka didn't sit Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum the entire second half until garbage time when the bench players came in. So I think, you know, that's kind of an area where you realize that, you know, that Jason Tatum had brought him all the way back in the game in the third quarter. But at the, at the end of that third quarter, you need to trust your bench. You have to go to your bench to give him even just three minutes, you know, of, of a breather going into the fourth quarter, just to let him get his win back other, under him. And then you might not have seen him, you know, have the offer like he did in the fourth quarter. So I think he does have to trust the bench a little bit more. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is this is it. Your back's against the wall. If you lose tonight, you're going home. You're going to have all summer to rest. So I really do think that, you know, last game would have been the game where you need to trust the bench a little bit more, where tonight he really just needs Jalen, Jason, and, and Marcus Smart in particular 
to uh, be ready to play all 48 minutes if they have to, even though that won't be the case. I'm not saying that Al Horford needs to play all, as many minutes as you just said, but you know what it is? I mean, he's got these kind of games in him, right? Go back to game number one. We have 28 or something like that. He was terrific in that game. And he's had, you know, spurts throughout the playoffs where he, you know, father time takes the night off and, uh, and, and Al Horford looks like a, a young, or someone, relatively speaking, a guy again. Uh, but when Horford's on, uh, this team's obviously a different team. Does he need to have one of those uh, playoff performances for them to get back to Golden State? I think Al Horford is a good candidate to have one of those playoff performances because we saw that in Game 7 against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and, but I think at the end of the day, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be Horford. It just has to be one of those guys. Can it be Horford? Can it be Robert Williams? Can it be Marcus Smart? Can it be Derek White? Who's going to be the guy that's mm-hmm. going to step up and give Jalen and Jason help? And, you know, I mean, Jalen Brown really had one of his worst games of the entire playoffs last game, and it just timed out poorly because Jason finally played well. But I really do think that the X factor more than Jalen and Jason is, like you said, guys like Al Horford stepping up. Or, you know, can Marcus Smart give you 18 points and five assists? Can Derek White knock down a couple threes? He went over the other night. Um, I think, you know, more than just the two stars in Boston, it really, really makes a difference when you have guys like Al, Marcus, and, and Derek White who step up. And if they don't get something from one of the one of those guys tonight, then the Warriors are going to raise the Larry O'Brien Trophy in Boston. Mm. That'll be a stinger, certainly. But the Celtics ahead of schedule, on schedule, even if it doesn't end in a championship this year, how would you at least put this team? I mean, Chris Middleton's around. Maybe they don't even advance past the second <laughs> round. Be, yeah. I mean, it very quickly yeah. can change. But when you look at it in its totality, where are the Celtics even with the loss here? I would say on schedule. I mean, this is a group that Jalen Brown's already been to four Eastern Conference Finals. Jason Tatum's been to three. This is a group that has been there before, and they finally got over the hump. But at the same time, you kind of expect that from them because they, you know, experienced success so early on in their careers. Uh, You know, I think I've talked about it on the show before, but they have these guys under under contract until 2025. That core group of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, and Marcus Smart have all already signed contract extensions. So that core group isn't going anywhere. This offseason, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with Al Horford, what they're going to do with Grant Williams. I'd expect both of those guys to be coming back. But the most of this core is going to come back. So they should still be one of the favorites to win the East again next year. But at the same time, you know, like the point you just made, you know, if Chris Middleton plays in that series, who knows what happens. Obviously, the Nets are going to attract some, some free agents this offseason for people that want to play with KD and Kyrie. And I don't think they're even, you know, in that top four group of teams in the East. But they're obviously going to be back with a vengeance. The Heat aren't going anywhere. So, you know, the Eastern Conference isn't getting any easier. Right now, as we saw this season, the East was better than the West. So even though Boston feels like they might be at top of that group right now, it, it really is tough to automatically assume they're going to get back knowing they don't have the best player in the conference on their team. And we kind of saw this before, right, with you know Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook with the Oklahoma City Thunder. They got to the NBA Finals and they never got back. So just because you have two extremely talented players like Jalen and Jason, it doesn't necessarily mean you're automatically going to get back there. So they have to try and capitalize. Here's what worries me as far as uh, wanting to see a game number seven, Kyle. This, the, the Warriors missed 31 threes the other night, which is just remarkable, right? I mean, Steph was 0 for 9, Wiggins was 0 for 6, uh, the, the, Clay Thompson was, was 5 out of 11, the other four starters, they missed all of their shots from behind three. They're not going to do that again. That's what worries me. Golden State, I mean, I'm not saying they have to, they'll hit half of those, but if they hit, I don't know, 30, 40% of them, 35% of them, that's, that's a big hill for Boston to climb. Yeah, it really is. I mean, 
I feel like after game four, the narrative-ish was kind of, well, it took the Warriors to have the best game of Steph Curry's playoff career to be able to win that game. But then, you know, they go out in game five, and Steph had, like I said, one of the worst games of his playoff Mm -hmm. career, and they still found a way to win. So it is worrisome. I mean, you know, if Steph even hits a couple of those threes, that game gets out of hand a lot faster than it did the other night. And I don't think that you're going to see the greatest shooter of all time have another stinker like he did. I mean, I think I saw something. It had been like three years or four years since he had had a game where he didn't hit a single three. He had the longest playoff streak in NBA history by, I think, like triple the margin of the next player uh, for at least knocking down one three. So, you know, I think you're going to see Steph get his tonight. But uh, more importantly for the Celtics, it's not allowing Jordan Poole to get his, not allowing Andrew Wiggins to go for 26 and 13, you know, keeping them off the glass. And, you know, that's kind of how you have to keep the series alive, even if Steph gets going. Well, you know what the metrics are, and it's an NBA conversation. At some point, we got to bring up LeBron and the Lakers. An interesting offseason in front of them. Is there a better than zero chance, though, that LeBron is not getting his mail, at least with the Lakers organization next season? Could you see some kind of blockbuster happening where it's not LeBron starting next season in L.A.? <laughs> no, I honestly can't. Yeah. I just don't see it happening. I think right now, you know, there's the rumors around that LeBron isn't signing a contract extension and everything like that, but he's been very open about wanting to be able to kind of pick his destination by the time that his son, Bronny, comes into the league. So I don't really think that's anything to read into too much. LeBron's going to be in, in a, he's going to be in LA. I mean, we saw him stick up for his guy, Anthony Davis, who the other day yep. said he hasn't picked up a basketball in, you know, five weeks or something like that. Uh, I really do think that they're just going to have to sit tight and figure that one out, even though it might not be pretty next season. Interesting. Last thing for you. Uh, if indeed Golden State wins tonight, um, is, this, is, this, is this Steve Kerr's last game on the bench? What's his future? How much longer does he want to do this? That is an interesting question that I have heard brought up before. You know, obviously he's had some health concerns and stuff like that. So I don't think it's completely impossible, but I also do kind of feel like You know, he's going to try and play this out. In my opinion, I feel like he's going to try and play this out for as long as he can with Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. I think once that group kind of disperses a little bit or, you know, they enter that latter stage of their career, I think that's where you could see see Steve Kerr call quits. But at the same time, you know, right now, I feel like he realizes that they have a pretty good opportunity to keep this thing going even again next year. And, you know, maybe he is satisfied. I mean, the guy has. You know, I think it's nine championships between wow. coach, player, and uh, yeah, between being a coach, an assistant coach, and a head coach, and a player. Um, so maybe he, you know, at ten he calls it quits. I could see it, but at the same time, I really do think that they have something good going here where they can kind of keep this going. And I could see Steve Kerr kind of sticking around until Steph Curry at least uh, enters that latter stage of his career. We're going to be watching basketball on Sunday night. I do think we are going to be watching basketball on Sunday right. night. It does feel that way. Great stuff. And if we are, we'll recap it with you on Monday. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it as always. Thank you, Kyle Irving. Of course, Trent. Thanks, man. Good to hear from you, Kyle Irving, as we uh, catch up and uh, talk a little NBA with uh, Kyle. Rising star. In I business. think he is, too. Yeah, he's good he's on good. the radio. Yeah, he's, he's string sentences together very well. Uh, we'll take a time out to see if Trent could string some winners together. Six and one in the picks I've given out this week. Four We've certainly been and uh, one, two yesterday, including those pirates of plus money. Did you have them yesterday? Oh, yeah. Flaherty coming, coming back. back. Off the That's I-O. right. That's one of your angles you like to play. Uh-huh. And did you see how many pitches he threw? He was going to pitch. He was going to throw 60, 60 pitches right on the button. He threw 60. <laughs> yeah. Right no on mess the around. No 61 nope. for you. Nope.
Not 59, not 61, 60, and you're out. I'm Miller and Condon, back with Trent's Plays of the Day. Circus Sports Sponsors. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Des Moines homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home, and what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renter's Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renter's Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happiness. Iowa.com. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rake. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, the leader, the U.S. Open, currently Rory McIlroy, all by himself. Rory is uh, minus four through 17. Will Zaltoris just drained one. He's now one under. So Your dude. My dude. Let me down in that playoff against Justin Thomas. It was a heck of a run. Yes. It was quite a thrill. And I was in California, so I couldn't get off the bet. That stinks. Right? Uh, but it was fun. Because you got a, you had a pretty nice ticket on that one too. Yeah, it was it was good price. And he just had to let it ride. Let it ride. Couldn't do anything. Um, maybe they'll. California's got to be one of these years. One of these years. Yeah, it's. I think our friends at Circa are going to put a full court press on there to get one of those. Yeah. Get in California. All right. Speaking of Circa, uh, your plays of the day. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? You're going to bet the NBA tonight. There's not a ton of games in baseball. There's a lot of day games today. There is. Yeah, a whole lot of day baseball. I got, I believe, three plays. Let me get back to my list here as I was bouncing around looking at that U.S. leaderboard and chasing some of my guys. Max Homa, one under as he wraps up. And his you got round. him at what? Circa. He was fifty-three to one. Jeez. When I handed that one out, hopefully a couple people jumped aboard. And, boy, if we get to Sunday, again, as you weren't able to, mm-hmm. the hedging opportunities. That's right. And, and that's what i got to figure out today, too. After the round ends, all right, who do not have any investment on? I don't have anything on Rory. I, I just didn't like the price. You're too late. So what's he going to be after today? Two to one? Uh, I was going to say a little more than that. Four, four and a half, maybe? I probably got to take a taste. Yeah. At least to have some kind of ticket. And this is kind of also the time. You don't want to wait till Saturday. No, because then you're really deep into it, and yep. then it's going to be, you know, if he's got a two three shot lead, mm-hmm. unless you minus one ten, unless you somehow fall on Justin Thomas, right, in the PGA, who was a <laughs> massive price, and he had that ridiculous sixty two uh-huh. to come roaring back. But that's kind of also another thing that I like about golf here. All right, what do I have covered? Mm-hmm. What am I feeling good about? 
is there opportunities out there? And like I said, I don't have anything on Rory. I'm probably going to have to take a stab here this afternoon when things wrap up. For baseball today, I got three. Two of them are favorites. You know, I don't love it, but Padres. Yeah, it, Matt Swarmer, last time we saw him, this was the dude that gave up six solo home runs to the Yankees. Brutal. Padres aren't the Yankees, but Swarmer was good for his first two starts, and then they figured him out. And it's Musgrave on the bump for the Padres. Precisely. What's the number? Minus 170. I know it's a huge price. I, I looked at the minus one and a half. It's still minus 120 at that price. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to play it. They Go scored 12 runs two nights ago. Last night they scored 19. Going back to the well with the Guardians. They have been hot. They have played really good baseball, and they're adding to the bankroll. Minus 130 today at Colorado in that getaway game. 210 first pitch. And then tonight, late night, it'll be the MLB Network game. Otani on the mound for the Angels. Give me Seattle, plus 110 mm. against Otani and the Angels. Otani has been... A little bit better his last couple of starts. Still not the guy that we saw, certainly through most of last season. And ultimately, yes, I am going to play the Celtics. Is this just me hoping that we get well, a Game 7? I'm, I'm really hoping you cash your ticket tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I do. So what are you going to play him? Um... Minus, I'm going to lay the three mm-hmm. and a half because we've seen it. What's you... the money line? Oh, probably, what, minus 135, something like that. Okay. Have you seen the numbers, though, over the last 60 NBA games where the point spread has been six or less. NBA Finals games. The favorite. Or no, 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 not the favorite. The team that won the game against the spread is 60-0-2. Really? Six points or less point spread. NBA Finals games. The team that wins, not just wins, covers every single time. Holy mackerel. Isn't that asinine? That's huge. So that's dating back, what, 10 years? Yeah, that's a fluke. That's, That's a fluke. For that many? It would have to end tonight by Boston winning by one, two, or three. Yeah. That would, that's how it would come to an end. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Well, it, it can happen if we get a game seven, right? On Sunday night, indeed, we shall. Fingers crossed. I, I hope it's a good game. Yeah. You know, because we really haven't had those that good game. Remember how pumped up we were first the round. first round of the playoffs? We love the NBA in April. It was great. And normally that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Normally they're, I mean, they're cakewalks. And we didn't even early. get a seventh game in those first round series. They but were they just were, good. They were compelling games. Right, right. They were close games. Yep. They were interesting. We had a great third quarter in game five. And then fourth quarter, mm-hmm. Boston, Boston missed a bunch of shots and got away. And Trent, I just, I can't see. Here, here's where I think you're wrong, sadly, because I want game seven mm-hmm. too. I just don't think Steph's going to go over. And Wiggins is going to go over, and Draymond Green he can't shoot, but may may make one right uh, from three. And he was uh, he was um, involved in that game early, and I mm-hmm. think that's the key to him. I don't know if Kerr went out of his way to make sure his teammates got him involved. Well, it's the old Bill Cartwright thing the Bulls used to do. Like the first two possessions down the floor, they throw it down to Cartwright, yep. give him a payoff, yep, give yep. him, let him do a fadeaway or a little hook shot. All right, he's got his touches. Now we don't have to worry about him anymore. <laughs> he's into the game. Yep. He feels like he's part of it. Now he's going to rebound. Uh-huh. He's going to play defense of what he's really out there for. I think it's a good point, though. Kerr is such a great coach. Yeah, he is. It's almost like at times I feel like he's shortchanged. He's a wizard out there. Is we it, talked it, about the timeouts after the game. Is, 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 is it kind of like Jackson because of the players he's got around him? Because probably got to be a part of it, right? He's still got to coach those dudes mm-hmm. and keep them together. Oh, man. Game six tonight. Fingers crossed there is indeed a game number seven. ABC has got it. 8-12, you said? Yeah. Tip-off is 8-12 tonight for that one. Uh, Cubs, they play at one twenty. Will they hold the Padres to single digits? Have it the last two days. That's a heck of a prop. Oh, my gosh. That's just brutal. All right, here's what's coming up 
on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Well, Murph and Andy will be here in an hour and five minutes. Uh, the Fanatics, and you're part of the Fanatics today? Yeah, I'll be on at 3 o'clock with Ross. Do you know who's doing tomorrow's show with Ross? I don't. Do you? Yes, I do. Hmm? I think maybe we get a glimpse at the future. I'm certainly rooting for that. Sean Roberts is going to be with Ross Peterson on the Fanatics tomorrow. You today. And then, of course, Joe Stacy, Barnstormer Weekly tonight. Have a great day on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.